You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome back to this week's episode of The State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm solo tonight for uh, what's going to be a bit of a special episode. I'll explain a little bit about that later. Uh, Before we get into really the meat of the episode, Texas did get a commitment this week from Austin Jordan of Denton Ryan. Uh, Jordan is a guy that we've been watching for a little bit. He, he kind of emerged in that Ryan program as a sophomore, a big six foot, 180 pound kid who could run. Um, it looked really interesting. I think, um, and I've said in a couple of places, probably didn't have the year we expected him to have last year, but still a really strong athlete, uh, a big physical corner who can kind of play a couple of different positions. Um, and so Texas was able to win Jordan in a recruitment that came down to them in, in Oklahoma and Ohio State. Um, at the end, you know, it's uh, I believe that Texas uh, pushed a little harder once they figured out kind of where their board sat at corner and 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 uh, nickelback and safety after losing out on Terrence Brooks. Uh, but but for me, you know, the athleticism that uh, that uh, Jordan has, along with you know just the the ability he's shown at Ryan, I think is is too good of a package to pass up on. And if you're going to try to really develop and you're confident in your skills to develop. Um, you know, he's the guy to to do that with. So I uh, wanted to get that out of the way, get our little bit of analysis in there, talk about him, because we got a special show. It's Big 12 Media Week. We're kind of running like crazy. I've got uh, coaching school on Sunday. I've got something planned for Saturday uh, that I can't talk about right now. Um, but I think, um, you know, getting together with Nick was, was we were figuring out uh, hard to schedule at this point. And I got a text message from... Uh, a former Longhorn in Chris Hall, who, who I went to high school with and grew up with and uh, knew him through his older brother, who was the same age as me. And, um, you know, Chris was really on fire to talk about this name, image, and likeness stuff. And so um, while we were texting back and forth, I said, hey, man, if you want to come on the podcast and kind of discuss uh, your thoughts on this and, and your background, and obviously we'll talk a little bit about your career and things like that, uh, we could certainly do that. And so Chris was nice enough to to join me. He said, yeah, let's do it right away. So um, the rest of this show will be me talking with former Texas great Chris Hall uh, about his experience as a Longhorn athlete and where he sees uh, room for athletes to really get in and market themselves uh, with the new name, image, and likeness rules. So please enjoy. And now joining us on the State of Recruiting podcast, it is a uh, former national champion at Texas, a uh, 
two-time appearance in the national championship game. And, but he and I actually met back in uh, junior high in the halls of Crockett Middle School and, and spent more time together at Irving High School uh, where we were friends there and then uh, got to see him go on to, to great lengths. This is the great Chris Hall. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Mike, I'm just glad to be on this uh, on this podcast with you. I'm glad to be talking to you again, man. It's a long time, no talk. It's a weird thing, man. I, You know, Irving is like, to me, it's so weird because it's – it's a town that for most people like who are outside of it, it they, it's just another Dallas suburb. Right. But right. I can't tell you the connections I've had in this business just from being, knowing guys and being like, Hey, hey I'm from Irving and you are too. Um, it's just weird. Like I run into, I ran into Marcus gold, you know, he's a high school coach, a head coach. I know now. It. I'm so proud of him too. I just feel like he's killing it. And I, yeah. I wish, I wish I could go say what's up to him. I need to go see him. Yeah, absolutely. Next time you're up in the Dallas area, you'll have to get by Wiley East. I went out there. Jay Rose is his like defensive coordinator. And I was oh, just like, is he really? yeah, I was just like, man, wow. it's just, uh, we got a bunch of dude and they invited me out to come see their kids. I was, we just got a bunch of dudes from Irving who made it out and figured it out, you know? So, uh, we, you and I go way back. I tell people all the time, the, the smiling, happy, nice Chris Hall that everybody sees now as, you know, in high school, he was a little bit of a rowdier dude. And, uh, I don't think anybody ever believes me when I tell them, but it's, uh, I tell them all the time. Yeah. You know, people can change and, yeah. uh, you know, but that, that's true. That's true. Mike. No, I like to pull up your, your old rivals picture when you had the long hair and I'm like, imagine oh, this yeah. dude just wanting oh, to, yeah. Just wanted to just wanted to raise a little bit of hell. So uh, that, that was Chris. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know you've gone on to such great things, man, and, and your life is has has really turned out awesome. And it's it's for me, it's it's awesome to see. You know, it's been so long it, since we've been in high school, right? It feels like not that long ago, but at the same time, it feels like decades ago. And it, it was um, when you came out of high school. I think first of all, like just back in my recollection. Like we knew you were going to college football, like when you were probably an eighth grader, we were all like, yeah, Chris will be that dude will play at the next level. You and Chase, Chase Daniel, actually, people don't know, went to junior high with with us. Um, And and those are the two guys that we were like, those guys will play at the next level. Um, You know, you were you you had a a real interesting recruitment, had a couple of commitments that you made during it. But, um, you know, what was the recruiting process like for you overall? You know, it was. I mean, interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I, I, I firstly, I committed to SMU. I got offered right before my junior season. Um, and my older brother was playing football there at the time. And I had a couple other friends that were either there or going there. And uh, so I just went ahead and pulled the trigger, you know, because that seemed like the dream to me was to uh, play college football with my older brother. But, um, you know, things didn't, didn't quite play out. Um, I, I never became an SMU Mustang. Um, and after, after that, really the dream my whole life w- was to play at Texas. I mean, we're, you know, the halls bleed, burn orange. Um, but, you know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't wanted necessarily <laughs> right, when I, right when I was available. So then I ended up committing to Oklahoma State and, and then Coach Miles left and things opened back up. And anyway, ended up, ended up landing at, at Texas. And I would say um, I, I felt, um, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't, nobody gave me a book. I didn't, I didn't have a course. Uh, there wasn't, you know, any kind of set way to figure this whole thing out. 
Um, decommitting was a, I mean, honestly, it was like a, it was a little bit of a shameful thing. Cause I, I felt like I was really going back on my word, you know? Um, and so that was, uh, that was interesting to kind of humble myself and, and, uh, talk to, talk to big coach and, and, you know, tell him, Hey, I'm decommitting, et cetera. So all of that, I would say it was a real, it was real humbling and kind of just also just getting my eyes open to the real world. Like there are big implications here. There's, there's money, uh, there's scholarship, there's, and, and honestly, there's millions of dollars behind those scholarships and, and, and what it makes for the university, et cetera. Um, so it, it was a real eye opener for, for a, a, you know, a pudgy white kid uh, coming from Irving, Texas. It really was. I always think it's funny that we give these kids who are 17 and don't have fully formed brains or decision-making skills like here, make the most important decision of this part of your life. And uh, you know, a lot of times it helps when the parents are involved and I knew your parents very well. I'm sure they were very involved with the process, but even Zach having gone through the process before it, it's still, it's hard to prepare for what to know and like the right things. What if, I mean, I guess if you could go back and do it again, what, or, or if you could tell somebody going through the process, what, what would be your advice to them? I would, I would just tell them to not, not commit at the first offer you get <laughs> yeah. and tell them to wait, tell them to wait and, and really um, evaluate your options. Um, and at the same time, what I would really emphasize to them is that you will not always be an athlete. I know everything up to this point in your life has been about um, how much you can bench press and how fast you are and how many pancakes you, you can make or how, how many yards you can rack up. But uh, the most of your life will be spent not as an athlete. And so mm -hmm. what you need to prepare for now is what you're going to be when those days are over. And that's, that's the, the brilliant thing to me about um, succeeding in sports and getting your education paid for is that you, you get a real opportunity to start preparing for that. But, but to be honest with you, um, I, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I, I went through some real kind of identity crisis post-athletics um, because all I'd ever known was, was being a football player. And so I think that's what I would emphasize uh, with young men and women is start preparing now for what you're going to be the rest of your life yeah i recall um so i'll go back and tell like i tell everybody this the chris hall that you guys know is different than the one i knew in high school and i remember you coming back i ran into you somewhere in irving and uh, right after your freshman year you were wearing a national championship ring you had been a red shirt on the the 2005 team but yeah. they they still give you a ring don't they? that's right they still give you a ring <laughs> You still went to, and you, you went to all those practices. You banged your head just like to prepare for prepare for everything. Um, you know, I, I the changes in your life. I know I know you're you know, I'd gone to church with you a, a couple of times at your dad's church. And I know how important God is in your life and and all those sorts of things. Um, you know, I after school, you went into uh, into ministry. Just kind of talk about like th that was probably your next step, I guess, right after, you know, stopping being an athlete. Yeah, no, it was. I, I've spent um, 10 years um, basically after college in, uh, in ministry um, and mainly um, ministering to and mentoring um, young men, college age. Um, and, and the reason, part of the reason that I did that is that, that that's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, like so many young people, I had difficulties transitioning into college 
And there were some people that um, really met me where I was and invested into me, um, helped ground me in my faith. You know, that's the um, angle and perspective that, that I was coming from. Uh, my dad, you know, being a pastor for so many years and, and I wanted to do the same thing. And so I um, got to do that for, for 10 years after college, and I wouldn't have traded that experience for the world. I was actually just reminiscing about that today, uh, in fact. Um, so many, so many good, um, helpful uh, kind of, I don't know, experiences you never forget, you know. Yeah. Well, you, you and I decided to get together and do this when you'd reached out to me today about this NIL stuff. And we're going to dive into that because you got some things you want to say about it. And it's all new ground for us. But I want to talk about your career just a little bit because, uh, you know, you were to have a kid that we all knew on the team every Saturday when you turned on the TV. And look, I mean, Chris, you had a good, a strong career, but there were, you know, there were some moments. There was Dominican Sue lining up on you at the Big 12 <laughs> championship game. And yep. There were moments that I was like, oh, God, I just feel for Chris. You know, um, I mean, you made that decision to go to Texas. Like you said, it was something you wanted to do your whole life. Any regrets to this point or would you have done it the same way all over again? Oh, I'd, I'd have done it the exact same way. I'd have done it the exact same way. Yeah, none, none of the major decisions, um, you know, would have changed. I, you know, I, I may have, uh, you know, done a few things in college a little differently. I, I, I probably would have studied maybe a little more film against Indomitian Sioux <laughs> in Dallas, Texas. Although be honest with you, I don't think it would have helped. I mean, I think the guy is one of the best defensive linemen in, in, in this uh, century. So anyway, um, but, but yeah, no, no, no changes. Um, my, see, I'll tell people my lasting memory was that uh, 2008 Oklahoma game. Oh, uh, the 45, 35 game. Yeah. And I tell people, I said, forget the Indomitian Sioux thing. If you watch the the run that set that salted that game away, it was Chris Obanai around the right, and yep. it was Chris Hall pulling out in front and sealing the edge so that Obanai could could get the lane and go. So uh, that's that's what I always point them to. I appreciate I'm the remember, I appreciate you remembering that one as well as well as the 2009 one. I appreciate that. And then you again, you guys, you, you did pull out that game against Nebraska. You did go to back to the Rose Bowl and. Uh, you know, another national championship opportunity. And really it's funny. I mean, that moment was basically the start of Alabama's ascension to where they are now as a program. Um, you know, the question gets asked all the time. I'll ask you if Colt McCoy stays healthy, do y'all win that game? We'd have smoked him. Yeah. No, that was... no doubt. No doubt. I mean, Colt had pistols firing and I tell you what, the best thing that could have ever happened to us was to struggle against Nebraska in that Big 12 championship. That was the reason why we were so on fire and came out came out swinging haymakers. Um, and I and I think I think if you ask some of those other guys uh, on the Alabama side, I think they'd agree with you. I've heard Greg McElroy say the exact same thing. If Colt doesn't get hurt, we smoke him. But if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. And that's not how the way things ended up. Yeah. Do you, um, I mean, what guys from the team were you, I mean, I, were you close with at the time and do you still keep in touch with a lot of those guys? Oh man, Charlie Tanner and Adam Ulitoski. I mean, I came in with those guys and battled with them in the trenches for, uh, for five years. Um, man, those guys, they, they mean so much to me. And I, and that relationship relationship has continued, you know, things have changed. Um, we're all dads now. We all got families now. 
Um, but that bond is that bond is still there. Yeah, you came in in that um, you were in the 05 class with Colt, right? That's so right. I always tell people that class was not rated that high by services. It nope. didn't have a ton of guys in it, but the hit rate out of that class for guys who were successful college. I mean, people will say, you know, Charlie Tanner, whatever. Charlie Tanner played, you know, several years at a, at a really high level for right. on a national championship caliber line. So, I mean, uh, it's, I, I love that class just cause the hit rate of it and everything. Um, do you still, I mean, how much do you keep up with Texas these days? I mean, are you, are you, do you live and die with them? You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm ready to see a few more W's on, yeah. on the board, on the board, Mike. And, and, you know, I, I realize now I really did have such a strong connection with coach Brown. I mean, I, I cheer, I cheer for the Tar Heels now. I really do, you know, but I mean, I'm not saying I don't cheer for Texas, but you right. know, you know what I'm saying. Right. I realized there was a real strong connection with the people there at that time as well. But I still, I still follow them. My heart breaks for Sam Ellinger. Um, that guy's got a heart the size of his chest. And I, I hope that he succeeds in the NFL. Like I, you know, really felt he deserved to in college. Do you ever get back to games or anything? I know you got little ones. You you plan to take them back to campus and show them the glory days at some point? <laughs> you know, I'll probably take them at some point. Right now, I'm just chasing them around the house. But they do like they do like to watch football with daddy. They do like okay. to watch football with daddy. So maybe I'll get them there someday. That's good to hear. I mean, well, hopefully, you know, with this new coaching staff, Steve Sarkeesian, it, it they get it figured out and back to kind of what the winning ways, and then you could see those uh, W's. So, Chris, what are you into now? Like, what is your what is your career? now you're into marketing i know kind of tell us what you're doing there and then we'll jump into a little bit of what you have to say about this name image likeness stuff yeah i work in um e-commerce marketing now marketing in general but specifically with e-commerce brands and specifically with those e-commerce brands particularly email um, and sms and i use email and sms to basically boost their bottom line by about 20 percent and at the end of that day it helps those um, e-commerce brand owners sleep better at night. So that's a real good feeling. So basically email and SMS and, and, and helping, helping people sell. So knowing marketing, knowing sales and, uh, you know, with the new rules in college football for name, image, likeness and the ability to market yourself. I mean, I guess what it just you I know you got a lot to say about it. You, you went on a Twitter rant. I saw today on it. You had a thread on it. So. Man, just hit me with the pitch. What is your, uh, what do you, if, if I put you in front of the Texas team right now in the team room and you could give them a presentation on it, what are the highlights you'd hit on it? Well, the first thing that I would tell them, first thing that I would tell them is that they have a unique opportunity, unlike any other college athletes before them. Um, you know, when I was playing, it was scandalous to have made money. I mean, they'll take away your trophies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they'll take away your wins um, if you made money. And, and, you know, sometimes be honest with you, some of the guys, they even struggled to uh, struggle to have enough food to eat. You know, he had to kind of get creative about getting enough calories um, at the end of the day, these guys have a unique opportunity. And what I would tell them is that start preparing now for your life after football, use this opportunity now in marketing in um, getting your face out there, making money, use this opportunity now to prepare for the days that will soon be here. Unprecedented opportunity. And what I would tell them is what you need to do. First thing, simplest way to take advantage of the opportunity 
is, uh, is to start a newsletter. Email is the number one undefeated marketing channel champion. Still, highest return on investment as far as marketing goes. The best channel is email. It's not TikTok. It's not Instagram. It's not Twitter. It's not YouTube. It's email. And what I would tell them is start a newsletter, get people to subscribe, start writing about your experience that you're having. I mean, Mike, the experience that these guys are having as UT athletes, as college athletes, whatever school they're at, it's unique. Yeah. They've got millions of people that are wanting to know what's it like to be in your shoes. They're crazy about the university. They support the team. They got season tickets. They want their kids and their grandkids to go there and cheer for that team and that university. There's millions of people surrounding that particular athlete. And they want to know what's it actually like. And so to start a newsletter, to describe and articulate their experience and then set up a paywall to, to be able to say, <laughs> hey, to know if you want to know more, if you want to know my candid reactions after the game, if you want to know the real story, I know you heard that. I know the announcer said that, but this is what really happened. This is what I was seeing. This is what was going on. Set up a paywall. And you'd be surprised how many people will give you $5 a month to be able to hear those kind of thoughts. Or I bet you wouldn't advise this because somebody would cut into it, but I'm going to advise partner with us. We'll set up the paywall for you. You can put I your thoughts it. on Horns 24 seven and then people will pay and we'll give you a, a cut of that. Hey, I love it. You got to seize the opportunity. <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think in 10 years, in 20 years, people will look back on 2021, 2022, 2023. They'll look back on these days as the wild west of marketing um, and, and the NIL era. They're going to, they're going to look at this as just an unprecedented opportunity. And the simplest way to your goal is a straight line. And to get there, First thing you can do is set up an email, set up a newsletter, charge for some of what you're putting out there. And then, um, you know, like, like even you brought up, Mike, the easiest thing to do from there is to get sponsors for it. Reach out to a company, tell them, hey, this is my email list. This is what I've got going. Um, you'd be a great fit for my audience. And just some real simple um, counsel that way. And I think not just the big names, the guys with millions of followers on Instagram, not just the big names would be able to really take advantage of the opportunity, but even the little guys, uh, the three stars, the two stars, the guys that just barely got into the class, they'd be able to take advantage of this as well and build up an audience that they can take with them after college. If you follow college basketball and you know who Mark Titus is, he's one of the top college basketball analysts in the country. And the way he rose to prominence was he was a walk-on on the Ohio State basketball team. And he started writing a blog about being a walk-on on the Ohio State basketball team. It kind of, oh. you know, he's a funny guy. He connected with his audience well. And pretty soon people were showing up to Ohio State basketball games to watch him sit on the bench the whole time. So, you know, he's grown from there and become who he is. But that's kind of exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's a perfect, that's a perfect example. And now, you know, obviously he's still working in the industry of basketball, but for these guys, let, let's just say they don't become pros. Most of them won't. Let's just say they don't have a stellar career at Texas or whatever school they end up at, they transfer to, et cetera. Let's just say that that doesn't happen for them. Um, if they build 
an audience via email, they can take it with them afterward. And maybe they sell real estate. Maybe they teach something. Maybe they start a business. Whatever it is, they can use that, that brand, that reputation, um, all the times that they've spent communicating with those people, and then they can bring them to whatever they're doing next. And that, that to me, I think, is part of the um, benefit of using email versus Twitter, TikTok, et cetera. So, social media platforms change. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, when you first said it, I thought Chris has lost his mind. He's 90 <laughs> years old. He's talking about email newsletters. And then you think about it. Everybody has email. Exactly. Not everybody has TikTok. Not everybody exactly. has Twitter. I mean, it's exactly. so you're right about that. I think another way to go and it, it kind of fits that we're on a podcast is start a podcast. If you have a podcast and, ta- and you're talking about your experiences after the game and you could put a Patreon on that and say, pay us $5 a month and you can hear me talk about, you know, each week what it's like to be a UT athlete or a college athlete. Again, that's another avenue. I think what's to me, what's most important is I think if I could give these kids any advice, it would be like, don't just take any deal that presents itself to you. Make sure it's the right deal for you. It's it's it um, kind of aligns with your values of, of whatever you're endorsing, that they're not you know getting more out of you than you're getting out of them and, and those sorts of things as well. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, what I hope for these young men and women is that, like you're saying, I hope they get deals that really benefit them. And it's not just like, hey, cool, I got some free gear that, that I can sport. Or, hey, I got, you know, I don't really vibe with this brand. It doesn't really match my, my values, but they're, they're going to give me a little bit. So let me go ahead and take, take that opportunity. I hope that these young men and women really do get paid and really do um, put themselves in a position to build a reputation that, that they would want others to have of them, you know. That, that brings me to my next point. I think Texas has done a good job of building this Forever Texas program and player development. And they talk about investing and how to save money and all that stuff. Was that was there anything like that in the program when you were there? I mean, did they prepare you for life after? I, I, I don't want this to be an indictment of Mac Brown, but I just don't think it was prevalent in college football, period. No, no, no. Yeah, no, nothing like that. Um, but that's that's no indictment on Coach Brown. There was nothing like that, period. Yeah. Um, in, in the landscape, in the landscape of college football. I mean, I feel like it, it should be. I mean, there's there's things you take and I'm sure like people like me have sat around and said, why am I doing algebra? Um, there, there's things you take, classes you take that you feel are useless. Man, if they could just teach you a semester on how to balance checkbook, how to, you know, how to invest some money and how to uh, file your taxes. I feel like that's more valuable than, you know, learning to write in cursive or something like that. So Mike, I'm, I'm, um, I really do think this, I think college is broken. Mm-hmm. I think college is broken because unless you get a highly technical degree in a specific field like electrical engineering or, um, you know, computer science or accounting, unless you get a really technical degree, you walk out of university with still without a single skill that you can take into the marketplace that people will remunerate you for. 
Um, a lot of times what happens if you get that college degree, what companies are taking the chance on is, oh, this, this person has proven themselves that they can learn. So we'll teach them that skill mm-hmm. that, that will really benefit our company. And what I love about this program that you mentioned and, and what I love about email and some of the other opportunities that these young men uh, and women now have to develop is that they can use these opportunities now to develop a real skill that will take them beyond their playing career, be it writing or be it sales or be it um, talking to other companies and working out deals like that. They have an opportunity to really go out into the marketplace and hone some skills now that are going to take them well beyond their playing career. So let's pretend for a second that any Texas players or just any college players that all listen to this podcast, um, would you, I mean, would you be available as a resource for them? Can we give them somewhere to reach out to you and say, Hey, if you've got questions, you know, if you, if you, if this sounds like something that's that you want to explore further and you want to talk to Chris about it, where can they reach you? Absolutely. I, I just have them reach out to me on Twitter. I give them my email. I'll give them my phone number. Um, and, and what I would tell them is that I'll teach you the, the, the skills I have. And, and I'll teach you the one skill that I know you can take out into the, marketplace, into the marketplace after college and you can provide for your family with. And what is that? It's, it's marketing via email. Marketing, communication, all that's going to help you in whatever um, industry you end up in. But what I can teach them specifically is doing that via email. I teach them to cold email, to reach out to businesses reach out to restaurants, people that they're interested in having deals with and working out something. And I'll teach them, this is what you say. This is how you do it. This is the kind of deal that you structure, whether it's a a cost per impression deal or whether it's an affiliate deal. And to do so in a way that really makes it a win on both sides. In business, you can't have deals where there's a winner and a loser. You got to work out things that are really a win on both sides so that you can have a long-term mutually beneficial relationship. Those are the kind of things that I, that I'd talk with them about. And I think the time to start for them is now. Now let's be honest, learning marketing, it can help you in life at all points, because I always tell my wife, you know, it's when she asks me, can I buy this or I need it for that? And, uh, you know, I'll say yes, and she'll keep explaining why she needs it. And I'm like, you've already made the deal. Like, you don't need exactly. to keep talking. Um, it's exactly. all about how you market it to me. And you've already, I've already agreed to the deal. Anything you could say from here can only ruin it. So yeah, <laughs> it no, can benefit right. you everywhere, for sure, for sure. All right, Chris. Well, man, it's it's good to see you. It's good to connect once again. And um, we, we should have you on a little more during the football season. Maybe if you want to come back on, just talk some football. Hey, absolutely. You know where to find me, Mike, and uh, be happy to. Okay, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate it, Mike.